people are growing in their awareness of the issue. And every time we show the film, we get, I get more, you know, text messages or calls. Can we show it here? So the word keeps getting out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm your host, Amber Archer, and this podcast is a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to search the archives and learn from a variety of perspectives and professionals equipping families for today's culture. So before we get started with, I have a special guest, Kristen Bentley of Texas Freedom Coalition, but Mark, my husband Mark is joining me. Special guest today is husband Mark. (laughs) So. (laughs) Alongside Froggy McGee. Hey, okay. Welcome to Indiana weather. I lost my voice. I'm recovering. You know, it's kind of a bad week to have. To lose your voice. Yes, we have many podcasts we, to do we this week. We have several podcasts and interviews this week. It's okay. You know, we're going to roll with it. Apparently, you're the one who's supposed <clears throat> to talk and not me. Okay. I'll be happy to talk today. <laughs> so anyway, so you have some updates for people with the mind polluters. We have updates. Yeah. So if you have not heard, uh, we put on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, the, the mind polluters is now streaming. Uh, it is available exclusively right now on Vimeo On Demand. Right. And you can install the Vimeo app onto your smart TV mm-hmm. or Roku, uh, Apple TV. It's just like any other streaming channel, right? And watch from the comfort of your couch. Yeah, that's right. So Vimeo is V-I-M-E-O dot com. You set up a free account and you can rent the film uh, right there. On Vimeo, uh, and we still have the promo There's code. There's still a promo going, code, right? yes. Use the promotional code FEARLESS, uh, one word, and to get $5 off of your rental. All right. So there you go. Uh, so invite is, your friends over. Have, have, a, have a viewing party and yeah. talk about it on social media. And, and then s- get into action. Yeah, get into action. There are still a lot of public screenings of the film going on. In fact, we have a lot of people still calling and asking for a screening license. So yes. if, if you are in the United States and you would like to set up a public screening in your community, mm-hmm. please reach out to us. Um, you can visit the website, themindpolluters.com, and there will be a link that you can email us. Uh, we'd be happy to get you set up legally to he- screen the film. Yeah. To do a public screening. There's yeah. no there's no cost to you to do that. And we would love to partner with you on that. So if you have an organization or, you know, a patriot group or parents church. group, church group, whatever yeah. that wants to screen, if you want to screen it in your church, reach out to us. We'll help you yep. get dialed in for that. I'll leave links for everybody. Yeah. But anyway, and what else you got? So on other exciting news, we have an opportunity for you to help us. Uh, push the mind polluters out even further mm-hmm. to help with our marketing of the film. We have a matching gift going on now through July first. July first, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we have a uh, a donor that will match the first twenty thousand. Yeah, dollar for dollar, dollar for dollar. So your dollar becomes two, your thousand becomes two, 
and so on. <laughs> Your 20,000 becomes 40. So, so yeah, if you want to help us get the mind polluters out into other states and other communities, I mean, it's it's encouraging. And in today's conversation, I have executive director Kristen Bentley of Texas Freedom Coalition. And it's super exciting because this week on Thursday, so this podcast is going to air on Tuesday. So in two days, uh, the mind polluters is actually going to be uh, screened, a matinee showing at the Texas State Capitol. Right. And all of the politicians and representatives, everyone's been invited. There are multiple organizations who are planning to attend. So it's it's really exciting. And they're having a policy discussion following that. So it's really, the Mind Polluters is really um, setting up for people to have the conversations and see what's really happening and start to explore and dig into what's going on in, in their school systems, in their communities, so that we can better protect children. Right. And so, uh, the, the kinds of things that, uh, that your donation will help us do in further pushing the mind polluters out. Listen, all of these things cost money. So, um, getting people set up with promotional materials and, uh, some, some places that want to do screenings need DVDs and, Mm -hmm. um, just uh, there's legal, expenses involved with all this and shipping and handling and just yeah there's just a lot that goes into this and we are making these um the film available at no charge to people who want to screen it we only ask because it's just important that people see the film yeah all we've all we have asked is that they take up a love offering and we give a sizable percentage of that back to the organization that's hosting it yep so we want it to be a blessing to everyone so you can help us to push this film out right now Go to fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give. And now through July 1st, your dollar is matched, is doubled. Every dollar is doubled to the first 20,000. So we hope that you'll join with us. Yeah. And so, like I said, um, I've got Kristen Bentley of Texas Freedom Coalition on the podcast with me today. And and you guys are going to listen in. But Texas Freedom Coalition is a network of conservative activists and patriots who advocate for constitutional government in the state of Texas. And her organization focuses on key issues related to core constitutional rights, individual liberty and pro-family values. And so they support and defend medical freedom, economic freedom, state sovereignty, Uh, private property rights, parental rights, religious freedom, privacy, and pro-family values. So I'm really excited to have Kristen on the podcast today, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode and be sure to share with your friends and family and get more people engaged in this battle space of protecting children through the education system. So Christy, I really wanted to have you on today to give people insight into the screenings of the mind polluters that are happening, not just all over the country, but especially where you are in Texas, because you got through almost a week long movie tour showing uh, the movie, uh, it, it followed by a roundtable discussion with a Texas Senator Bob Hall immediately following the movie. And this week, you're actually showing the mind polluters at the Texas State Capitol with a policy discussion immediately following that. So give me some background as to how you got involved in politics and starting Texas Freedom Coalition. Where did all this begin for you? Okay. So, well, I want to, I think when I tell how I got involved in politics, I'd love to back up to um, being in California because I tell people, um, most people know I'm a sixth generation Texan, really proud of that. If you 
live in Texas and you have um, your native or go back that many generations, it's something that you, you know, will brag about. So I have those bragging rights. But the truth is, is that I spent most of my adult life in California, 30 years total. And wow. so we moved out, yes, we moved out there when I was 12 and I would be heartsick and homesick for Texas really often, but just um, after, you know, getting married and career and all of those sorts of things, we got really established and kind of stuck out there. And in early 2019, I literally woke up one morning, it was probably in January or February, and I had the strongest conviction that we had to get out. And I have never experienced anything so great and so strong, such a strong message. And so I, I look back now and I do recognize it as the Holy Spirit at that time mm. telling us to get out. But I went to my husband immediately and just and told him this strong feeling that I had. And he you know, resisted it. He did not want to move out of California. We have yeah. a family business out there and um, he just didn't see how it would even be possible. But he describes me at that time as a caged animal and um, for about three <laughs> months. And I tell people I was not a nice lady to live with, I don't think. And <laughs> finally said, if you feel this strongly about it, I can't not listen to you. And yeah. so I will move. And we literally at that time were willing to give up everything to get out of California and move back home to Texas, move back yeah. to my home. And so we chose East Texas because we wanted trees and we wanted to be in a really, you know, strong, conservative Christian community. And, um, and so we decided to come on out to East Texas. It took us about six months total. Um, you know, everything worked out. We still have our business in California, family business, and are able to do that. But we literally thought we were walking away from that. And so it was, it was pretty, <laughs> a pretty big um, thing in our lives together. But Total we faith journey. Here. Yeah. And so, um, but we got out here in 2019. I can tell you that I was involved in the medical freedom fight in California. Um, and when I got out here, I started to get active right away. But it wasn't until the lockdowns in 2020 that I really, really got into action. And so when our governor um, extended the lockdowns after those initial two weeks, I started going to rallies and I started organizing rallies in my own community and then organized a really large rally at the Capitol in May of 2020. And so it was, I got started through that open Texas movement that was really big out here. And I have to say, I tell people, you know, we had it relatively, I would say, we had it relatively good compared to a lot of states during that initial, you know, lockdown, but that is only because a lot of Texans got involved and resisted. And mm -hmm. so, but we did have lockdowns for about a year. And, um, but during that time when I was organizing rallies, that's when we started Texas Freedom Coalition, or I did, um, 
And I have one person who was with me from the very beginning. His name's Brian Bodine. And then we since have added um, a total of, we have a total of five directors. So we've just been going strong ever since. And we've accomplished a lot in two years. Yeah. And and I think that, um, you know, part of what we do is we, um, we, we work really hard to engage people in the community. And so how, how, how have you seen that working? I mean, because what, what we see here in Indiana, and it's fascinating for me to be in Indiana and see what's happening in Texas, um, especially because, you know, our movies out there, we, we kind of, we launched it in January in Texas and it was like this wildfire, the explosion started to happen. And so it, I mean, it's, it's really neat to see how everybody's, um, banding together and Mm -hmm. really starting to rise up and say, Hey, we don't want this in our communities. So have you seen that? Is that, I mean, are people, does it like, I I look at it and I say, man, this is like a great awakening. Like you gotta, you gotta see it. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I think, um, you know, we, so back in the fall, of, I think it was uh, toward the end of October, we had a representative out here, um, Matt Krause. He launched an investigation into the obscene books that we're finding in Texas schools. Mm-hmm. And part of what instigated that um, investigation for him was critical race theory and that the state of Texas had banned the teaching of critical race theory. And so he was... Um, you know, finding all, he was having, I guess, constituents contact him about the, about library books they were finding. And so he launched an investigation with a list of 850 books. I remember looking at that. Yeah. And that, you know, that caught my attention and it started to catch, I think the public's attention. And then, um, and then shortly after that, we heard the news about, um, or around that time, gender queer, the book gender queer was found Mm -hmm. in a, um, school library and up in near Fort Worth, which is very conservative, that area of Texas. And so that was pretty, um, pretty astonishing. And, and then I got a call around that same time to investigate or audit the school libraries where I live out here in East Texas and near Tyler. Um, and so I audited Tyler ISD. And so I think that people were slowly, you know, becoming aware of the issue and it became very public. And there were a lot of outraged parents that were on the news and that was being covered. And so then Mind Polluters comes out just shortly after that. (laughs) All in the Lord's timing. I know. Isn't that awesome? I agree. It was like, it was, God's timing is always Mm -hmm. perfect. And that was the, um, it was the perfect time for it to come out. And then I was, you know, I, it's so weird because I have an education background. I'm a special education advocate and I work for families and parents. Um, but I, I was not aware that these books were in our school, even though people like Mm -hmm. Debbie Simmons have been working on it for a long time. Yeah. And and so I did know under I did know about comprehensive sex, sex education, and I'm already on our you know student health advisory councils, which we could get into later maybe. Um, but I I was already aware of that, but I wasn't aware of the obscenity issue mm. in our school libraries. 
So, so anyway, but that's, um, but yeah, I think there has been, there is just a firestorm happening out here and it's, it's just a growing it's like people are growing in their awareness of the issue. And every time we show the film, we get, I get more, you know, text messages or calls. Can we show it here? So the word yeah. keeps getting out and people yeah. want to see the film. So, so, so walk me through because I'm not there. So, but I'm, I'm really curious to know. So <laughs> who's coming out to see the film? What are their reactions during and then after the film. Okay, so it's it is really really neat to see. Um, you know, we have a lot of people. Um, a lot of Republicans are coming out to see the film. I would say. Are you talking about candidates, or are you talking about just voters, the voting voters. block? Okay. Yeah, a lot of our really active voters. So we've had a lot of um, like for Senator Hall's events, we've had precinct chairs come. Um, we always have at least one or two pastors in the audience. And then we typically will have someone either from the school board or, or someone who's related to someone on the school board. And then, um, and then we've had a few superintendents come as well. And so it makes for a very interesting, um, discussion afterward. (laughs) Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yes. So we end up having people who are completely horrified, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we always have someone typically who's related to the school board or on the school board or in education deny that it's happening. And so one of the things that I always do is I bring the library books. I have a dirty book bag. I call (laughs) it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I bring those dirty books with me and I put them out on display and then <laughs> I will, and then I will audit typically audit the libraries in the community that we're showing it. And then yeah. I will let them know that, that while comprehensive sex ed may not be, be, um, being taught in the school district, because in Texas, it, it doesn't have to be taught. It's an option. Right. So so school districts don't have to teach it. And there are some school board members or superintendents who have attended where they don't teach uh, human sexuality. So, um, but what I tell them is that you do have social emotional learning in your schools. All of you do. Mm-hmm. And you all have the library books. And then what we find is that the library books, when people actually look and see what is in those books, they are shocked Mm -hmm. because it's one thing to hear that there are inappropriate, obscene books in the kids' libraries. But when you actually read it for yourself or see the drawings from the graphic novels, it is just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. So we had one um, recent uh, screening that um, it wasn't actually for Senator Hall. It was the one that we did just south of Tyler and Bullard. But we had a school board member. Um, it, well, we had his father there and he was just did not making all kinds of denials. And then he actually said to me, and I've heard this a lot, actually, <laughs> that, well, kids can access anything on the Internet. And I said, that's not OK. It doesn't make the books okay that they can access pornography on the internet. We need to change that. 
Yeah. Um, and our tax dollars don't pay for that, that our tax dollars are paying for this. But I can't remember exactly what he said after that, but he came back with something else right after that. And I finally, I just grabbed one of the books and I said, sir, you need to see this book. And so, <laughs> and it was um, the, the book called Blue is the Warmest Color. And I showed him Gender Queer too. And he literally, he opened that book and he slammed it shut and he said, well, I don't want them to see that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so it took him seeing what we were talking about to shock him out of that defensive mode and um, and into the reality of what we're trying to protect our children from. So, well, and I think, and, and that was a part of when we were making the film is really getting people over that hurdle of disbelief. Like you have to see this for yourself. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of our screening partners have been doing is taking the, their dirty bag of books. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to show people, because most of us, common sense tells us these are not supposed to be in there. Yet yeah. they're there. Yes. And I know I tell people, um, you know, it just so happens that I have some of the, you know, the credentials that that give me a little bit of expertise in child development and yeah. um, and all of those things. But it doesn't require that to know that this is not good for children. And I think it's it's interesting, though, to see. I think that there's a lot of defensiveness from people in public education, especially in rural com communities. You see it because a lot of our um, largest employers in, in rural Texas are school districts. Mm -hmm. And so the message, the ultimate message in the film is get your kids out of public school. And yeah. I believe that. I am one who... I don't think the federal government should be um, controlling schools the way that they do. And I think that the only way to really get some important changes are if, if more people will pull their kids out and either put them in, you know, Christian school or uh, homeschool or do a micro school. And so I understand why they're on the defense, but I say this ultimately this film is for Christians yep. for them to understand that their kids are not getting a Christian worldview in public education. They're getting mm -hmm. quite the opposite of that. And exactly. Yeah. And, and so one of the other things that we've done um, at a few of the screenings is we have someone with, well, we have homeschool information mm -hmm. and I want to do that even more. Um, we have a screening coming up in um, Mineola, which I still need to send you the flyer for actually, but oh, that's a good that's, <laughs> so that one um, we'll have a homeschool um someone from the homeschool community there to help give people information on how they can homeschool. That so. is fantastic. I love seeing so many people coming together and it, it, not just showing the problem, but offering solutions. And, mm. and because that's, that was the biggest thing. So many people have said, well, why didn't you, you know, tell us what to do it, through the film? And we said, listen, this isn't, we can't tell you in, in your community in Texas what to do. It's going to be completely different for what we need to do here in Indiana. So, you know, it has, it's the parent, the, listen, we are the parents. We yeah. are the ones who make the final decisions for our children. And 
who are looking out for their best interests. It is. And I think the, the issue of parental authority is so important. And that is, you know, that's a, there's so many messages in the film and so yeah. many takeaways, but parental authority is one of them. And it's something that, um, you know, for us in Texas, that we will continue to work on strengthening parental authority. And that's honestly, I think one of the things that Senator Hall really works on are issues related to parental authority. That is, um, you know, a liberty principle that uh, all of our authority comes from God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and God has granted us the authority over our children, not the government. And so, and as you said, it is different here. The solutions are going to look very different here than they are in other states. And, and part of that too is, I mean, we're coming up on our state Republican convention and we already have um, some of these issues addressed in our platform, but what we're going to push for is that parental authority and the obscenity exemption in particular and removing that is a legislative priority. It's that it's yeah. made into a legislative priority. But yeah, and and then back to solutions. I think there is one that is, you know, that is a Texas solution, but it, it could work in other states as well, is that we have to get the churches more involved in the homeschooling community. Amen, sister. <laughs> that is one of the things when we spoke with um, Alex Newman, it was so interesting when we were in Florida with him and we were talking because he wrote the book Crimes of the Educators. And he went through through that book. They talk about how the church relinquished its role in educating, you know, their families and the, and the children and, and generations. Yeah. But one, but, but one of the things that I, I asked him, because the literacy rate is so high. In America, across across the nation, the functional illiterates, what it's up at 54 percent. I mean, kids are graduating and they only can read at an eighth grade level, seventh and eighth grade level. Mm-hmm. That's that's horrific, really, honestly. I mean, because if you can't comprehend it and you can't read the word of God, I mean, which ultimately is so destructive, you don't know your worth and your value of, in life. Um, but but that was one of the things that that um, Alex and I had, had discussed. And I said, you know, the, the problem is now people can't read. And if they can't read, they can't comprehend. And he just kind of stopped and he looked and he said, that's why you need to make movies. <laughs> And I was like, okay, but we were talking about the church, how the church needs to be the place where, where they begin educating the communities again and really opening their doors uh, to be that safe space and to teach that, that, that biblical truth, the, the grounding foundation that we all need. Yeah, it's so true. I think, um, well, you know, let's see, we had um, at one of the recent screenings, we had a pastor talk about how young people are not going to church and they're really having a hard time engaging uh, young, young people and families. And I've They've said, gone through I, the public school system. I know. Well, <laughs> and that's what I thought about. I said, if you had a homeschool support system through your ministry, that would attract younger people and families. And then, um, I mean, what an incredible thing. That's a great idea. Do. Yeah. And I, and, and I know a lot, I mean, homeschooling is increasing 
by the minute, the popularity of it. And, and we do, I mean, to me, it's just a practical way for more families to be able to homeschool is if they have the support of the local churches. Yeah, so. I saw, I, I read an article that I, I posted recently when well, I was a little while ago, but one in five now through the, through the census that they took one in five families are now homeschooling. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It is. It is exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah. And you know what? Um, so just to touch on your point about literacy too, is that I, so my background is in special education and I was a special ed teacher. And then now, like I said, I do special education advocacy work and our kids, our kids are in so much trouble. I mean, we have so many children who have social, emotional, behavioral disorders, um, neurological issues that impact their ability to read. Um, it just, we're seeing increasing rates across the board in, in these problems. And unfortunately, I don't believe most of our public schools are doing a good job at teaching. And the more that they move away from academics, then we'll see an increase in these problems. But one thing that is um, not discussed very often, and it's another passion of mine, is that we have pretty much eliminated play-based preschool and play-based programs. And when, when we first moved back, actually, to Texas, I was trying to find a quality play-based preschool for my youngest son, and I couldn't find one in any of the churches. And that's, you know, my grandmother was a preschool director um, in a Presbyterian church, and she's the one who taught me play-based is the most um it's the gold standard. You have to do a play-based mm-hmm. preschool program. And I, um, and then that was also reiterated through my education when I was getting my master's in special education and, um, and credentials. And so that's another thing. I mean, that's, I know that that is, it's sort of outside the realm of mind polluters, except that I think that we have really arrested the develop, development of children because we have not allowed them to play. And mm-hmm. so because of that, we have more children with social and emotional issues, aside from just some of the physical causes of that as well. And so they have an argument now that they need to teach social emotional learning in school. Yep. I I love how I love the way you put that. We've arrested their development. That is so, so spot on. I mean, (laughs) really, because and now and they're shifting away from academics to therapeutic education. That's what all this social emotional learning is. Yeah, it is. And I and see when kids are able you know, when we were growing up, I was born in the mid seventies. So I'm just thinking, you know, I, I was in elementary school in the eighties. Um, most kids were, went into school in kindergarten and we were still playing and mm-hmm. we spent half the day there. And we, you know, our developmental needs at the time were to be able to play. And we weren't, really focused so heavily on academics, which was more appropriate. So now they're focused so heavily on academics and preschool and kindergarten, and that is arresting their development. Yes. And then it, it makes the need in first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and all the way up for this 
mental health programming for, you know, the rest of, of schooling and it takes yeah. away from academics. So we're kind of inverting, we're inverting education and how it should. Well, and it's almost like you're, it's also there arsonist and firefighter all at the same time. You're actually, you're causing these problems in the early childhood development and then coming swooping in and saying, oh, we've got a fix for this. Yes. They're causing the problem and then providing the remedy. Yeah. At the mm-hmm. same time. And the remedy is is not good at all. Well, which is why it's so scary, especially when you watch the mind polluters and you see the the CDC whole child, whole community, whole school. (laughs) And you're going, whoa, wait a minute. You're going to offer everything in the school now. I know. Oh, my gosh. And and I think that um, unfortunately, there are parents who buy into that and they don't realize the authority that they're handing over. Yeah, no, absolutely. When they create schools as a one stop shop. And and the other thing that I find really interesting about it is, you know, Karl Marx, if you study him Mm -hmm. at all and read about him, he really advocated for as soon as the child was off the breast of his mother to remove, you know, remove that child from the mother's care and put him in institutionalized government care. And, and that's what, that's what the schools are becoming. And, Mm -hmm. and it's really bad, I think, in our lower income communities, because there is more of a need. But again, that's another area that churches can step in and provide some of that support. Absolutely. For families instead of yeah. our government schools. So is there anything else that you want to touch on? Tell me, tell me how the capital screening <laughs> got set up and what's going on there. Because I mean, it's fascinating because not only, you know, Senator Bob Hall has kind of set the set the example in this model. And we now have other representatives in Texas who are reaching out and saying, I want to do the same thing. So how yeah. how is I mean, it's really encouraging to see, and especially I think because Listen, the film is for believers, it's for Christians. And mm-hmm. what's what's so encouraging is to know that the film is going into state capitol buildings and Christ is being proclaimed. I mean, oh, I, I it if, if there's anything that I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, you, Lord, like, honestly, yes. oh, I'm getting the worst chills. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the capitol screening is really exciting. And I, um, I think that, you know, the the great thing about working with Senator Hall is that he's a real workhorse. So he literally, when he wants to do something, he wants to do it to the fullest. And so he brought the film first to every area in his district. Senate districts in Texas are, are really large. And so we brought it to six different counties. And so then he wanted to follow up and bring it to the Capitol so that people in Austin could come and see it, but also so that uh, Capitol, you know, all of our state representatives, our state senators and their staff would have the opportunity to come and see it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we and so we have the policy discussion afterward. And what's exciting about that is that, um, you know, the the film, the flyer for the film, everyone who works at the Capitol has been invited. We've sent it to State Board of Education, other policy think tanks. And we have actually gotten some RSVPs from 
um, some big press and they will be there too. And we're not afraid of press. So we're okay. We're glad about that. And, and what's exciting is that people will have the opportunity to see the film. And then where we've done more informal discussions at all of the screenings, that we've done, this will be actually a very formal policy discussion. Mm-hmm. And um, we plan on recording it. And so, oh, good. I was going to ask if there was going to be a live stream or what was happening there. Yeah. I really wanted to see it. Good. Oh, yeah. We'll end up, um, you know, we're, we have up to about two hours to do it. And so, um, so we'll, we're going to record all of it and we'll try and go live too. Why not? But, but we're going to make sure it's recorded. And, um, and we have just a great panel, a phenomenal, phenomenal panel of people, many that we have even worked with and people who have helped contribute um, information while we were doing research. I mean, it's, I, I was really impressed and some of that's why there were some of them on there and I thought, Oh, I saw Jill Glover and I thought, I haven't met her yet. I've heard so much about her. And I thought, I want to see all these people. (laughs) We have a great group of women and there's some men actually who work on this issue as well, but it just so happens this is a panel of women, all, you know, mothers, people who really care about what's happening to the children. Um, I first met Jill Glover because we, well, you know, she's a... SREC committee woman, and that means um, a lot in the state of Texas for the Republican Party because she helps set set the priorities, and she cares so much about issues involving children. And so we've done a lot of work together on pediatric gender modification, and um, yes, and that's a whole nother. I think movie and a whole nother. Well, know, well, if, if you, if you haven't heard, we are working on our next film and it's, it's uh, all about the transgender. Oh my gosh. That's and, awesome. Okay. Know, oh, so we're, we're researching, but you know, <laughs> we got to take these small steps at a time. So anyway, so, so <laughs> we'll go back. So we left off, we kind of got on a bunny trail, but we'll go back to the, the, um, the Capitol screening. Cause I really want people, what other information do they need to know about the Capitol screening and how can they find out more information? Is it on your website on it is. Uh, Texas freedom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, if people go on to texasfreedomcoalition.com, they will see the flyers up and all of the information um, about the Capitol screening is on there. But it starts at one o'clock on Thursday in the auditorium. And I do recommend people who want to attend that they get there a little bit early just to get a seat because it is it is first come first serve. Um, but you know, we expect to have a good attendance and some people will be there for the policy discussion only, um, which will happen, you know, just immediately after. So, um, we're going to, the movie is about an hour and 45 minutes, I think. Is that right? So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, um, we, you know, we'll end up having the policy discussion immediately following and it it should be really interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. So I will either, either you live stream it or you send me a link to the video. I can't wait to watch it and listen and and just see what happens. This has been a great conversation. I am so excited. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to hear more about Thursday screening at the Texas state Capitol. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. That's all the time we have for you today. We want to remind you that now through July 1st, 
We have a matching gift of the first 20000 that you can double your uh, donation to Fearless Features to help us to get the mind polluters out even further. You've heard from this conversation and others how much impact this film is having across the world in state houses, across the nation, and in churches uh, from neighborhood to neighborhood. And so your donation right now to fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give will be matched dollar for dollar. We hope that you will take an opportunity to support our mission uh, so that we can continue putting this film out. And also a reminder that if you haven't had a chance to see the film, you can stream it right now on Vimeo On Demand. And that's V-I-M-E-O, Vimeo.com. Set up an account. You can install the app on your smart TV and watch it from the comfort of your own home. It is available for rent. And we hope that you will watch it and uh, engage with us and tell us your thoughts on the film. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Music